Chapter Fourteenth of *The Heart of Midlothian* by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. So soon as I can win the offended king, I will be known your advocate, Cymbeline. The Duke of Argyle led the way in silence to the small postern by which they had been admitted into richmond park so long the favourite residence of queen caroline it was opened by the same half-seen janitor and they found themselves beyond the precincts of the royal demesne still not a word was spoken on either side the duke probably wished to allow his rustic protege time to recruit her faculties dazzled and sunk with colloquy sublime and betwixt what she had guessed had heard and had seen jeanie deans's mind was too much agitated to permit her to ask any questions they found the carriage of the duke in the place where they had left it and when they resumed their places soon began to advance rapidly on their return to town i think jeanie said the duke breaking silence you have every reason to congratulate yourself on the issue of your interview with her majesty and that lady was the queen herself said jeanie i misdoubted it when i saw that your honour didna put on your hat and yet i can hardly believe it even when i heard her speak it herself it was certainly queen caroline replied the duke have you no curiosity to see what is in the little pocket-book do you think the pardon will be in it sir said jeanie with the eager animation of hope why no replied the duke that is unlikely they seldom carry these things about them unless they were likely to be wanted and besides her majesty told you it was the king not she who was to grant it that is true too said jeanie but i am so confused in my mind but does your honour think there is a certainty of effie's pardon then continued she still holding in her hand the unopened pocket-book why kings are kittle cattle to shoe behind as we say in the north replied the duke but his wife knows his trim and i have not the least doubt that the matter is quite certain oh god be praised god be praised ejaculated jeanie and may the good lady never want the heart's ease she has given me at this moment and god bless you too my lord without your help i would never have one near her the duke let her dwell upon this subject for a considerable time curious perhaps to see how long the feelings of gratitude would continue to supersede those of curiosity but so feeble was the latter feeling in jeanie's mind that his grace with whom perhaps it was for the time a little stronger was obliged once more to bring forward the subject of the queen's present it was opened accordingly 
in the inside of the case was the usual assortment of silk and needles with scissors tweezers etc and in the pocket was a bank bill for fifty pounds the duke had no sooner informed jeanie of the value of this last document for she was unaccustomed to see notes for such sums that she expressed her regret at the mistake which had taken place for the hussy itself she said was a very valuable thing for a keepsake with the queen's name written on the inside with her own hand doubtless caroline as plain as could be and a crown drawn a bonnet she therefore tendered the bill to the duke requesting him to find some mode of returning it to the royal owner no no jeanie said the duke there is no mistake in the case her majesty knows you have been put to great expense and she wishes to make it up to you i am sure she is even over good said jeanie and it glads me muckle that i can pay back dumbiedykes his siller without distressing my father honest man dumbiedykes what a freeholder of midlothian is he not said his grace whose occasional residence in that county made him acquainted with some of the heritors as landed persons are termed in scotland he has a house not far from dalkeith wears a black wig and a laced hat yes sir answered jeanie who had her reasons for being brief in her answers upon this topic ah my old friend dumby said the duke i have thrice seen him frow and only once heard the sound of his voice is he a cousin of yours jeanie no sir my lord then he must be a well-wisher i suspect yeah yes my lord sir answered jeanie blushing and with hesitation aha then if the laird starts i suppose my friend butler must be in some danger oh no sir answered jeanie much more readily but at the same time blushing much more deeply well jeanie said the duke you are a girl may be safely trusted with your own matters and i shall inquire no farther about them but as to this same pardon i must see to get it passed through the proper forms and i have a friend in office who will for old lang syne do me so much favour and then jeanie as i shall have occasion to send an express down to scotland who will travel with it safer and more swiftly than you can do i will take care to have it put into the proper channel meanwhile you may write to your friends by post of your good success and does your honour think said jeanie that will do as well as if i were to take my tap in my lap and slip my ways home again on my own errand much better certainly said the duke you know the roads are not very safe for a single woman to travel jeanie internally acquiesced in this observation i have a plan for you besides one of the duchess's attendants and one of mine your acquaintance archibald are going down to inverary in a light calash 
with four horses i have bought and there is room enough in the carriage for you to go with them as far as glasgow where archibald will find means of sending you safely to edinburgh and in the way i beg you will teach the woman as much as you can of the mystery of cheese-making for she is to have a charge in the dairy and i dare swear you are as tidy about your milk-pail as about your dress does your honour like cheese said jeanie with a gleam of conscious delight as she asked the question like it said the duke whose good nature anticipated what was to follow cakes and cheese are a dinner for an emperor let alone a highland man because said jeanie with modest confidence and great and evident self-gratulation we have been thought so particular in making cheese that some folk think it as good as the real dunlop and if your honour's grace would but accept a stone or two blithe and fain and proud it would make us but maybe ye may like the ewe-milk that is the buckholmside cheese better or maybe the gate-milk as we come from the highlands and i canna pretend just to the same skill of them but my cousin jean that lives at lockermachus in lammermuir i could speak to her and quite unnecessary said the duke the dunlop is the very cheese of which i am so fond and i will take it as the greatest favour you can do me to send one to caroline park but remember be on honour with it jeanie and make it all yourself for i am a real good judge i am not feared said jeanie confidently that i may please your honour for i am sure you look as if you could hardly find fault with anybody that did their best and well is it my part i trow to do mine this discourse introduced a topic upon which the two travellers though so different in rank and education found each a good deal to say the duke besides his other patriotic qualities was a distinguished agriculturalist and proud of his knowledge in that department he entertained jeanie with his observations on the different breeds of cattle in scotland and their capacity for the dairy and received so much information from her practical experience in return that he promised her a couple of devonshire cows in reward for the lesson in short his mind was so transported back to his rural employments and amusements that he sighed when his carriage stopped opposite to the old hackney coach which archibald had kept in attendance at the place where they had left it while the coachman again bridled his lean cattle which had been indulged with a bite of musty hay the duke cautioned jeanie not to be too communicative to her landlady concerning what had passed there is he said no use of speaking of matters till they are actually settled and you may refer the good lady to archibald if she presses you hard with questions she is his old acquaintance and he knows how to manage with her he then took a cordial farewell of jeanie and told her to be ready in the ensuing week to return to scotland saw her safely established in her hackney coach 
and rolled off in his own carriage humming a stanza of the ballad which he is said to have composed at the sight of dumbarton once again i'll cock up my bonnet and march amain with my claymore hanging down to my heel to wang at the bannocks of barley meal perhaps one ought to be actually a scotsman to conceive how ardently under all distinctions of rank and situation they feel their mutual connection with each other as natives of the same country there are i believe more associations common to the inhabitants of a rude and wild than of a well-cultivated and fertile country their ancestors have more seldom changed their place of residence their mutual recollection of remarkable objects is more accurate the high and the low are more interested in each other's welfare the feelings of kindred and relationship are more widely extended and in a word the bonds of patriotic affection always honourable even when a little too exclusively strained have more influence on men's feelings and actions the rumbling hackney-coach which tumbled over the then execrable london pavement at a rate very different from that which had conveyed the ducal carriage to richmond at length deposited jeanie deans and her attendant at the national sign of the thistle mrs glass who had been in long and anxious expectation now rushed full of eager curiosity and open-mouthed interrogation upon our heroine who was positively unable to sustain the overwhelming cataract of her questions which burst forth with the sublimity of a grand gardilu had she seen the duke god bless him the duchess the young ladies had she seen the king god bless him the queen the prince of wales the princess or any of the rest of the royal family had she got her sister's pardon was it out and out or was it only a commutation of punishment how far had she gone where had she driven to whom had she seen what had been said what had kept her so long such were the various questions huddled upon each other by a curiosity so eager that it could hardly wait for its own gratification jeanie would have been more than sufficiently embarrassed by this overbearing tide of interrogations had not archibald who had probably received from his master a hint to that purpose advanced to her rescue mrs glass said archibald his grace desired me particularly to say that he would take it as a great favour if you would ask the young woman no questions as he wishes to explain to you more distinctly than she can do how her affairs stand and consult you on some matters which she cannot altogether so well explain the duke will call at the thistle to-morrow or next day for that purpose his grace is very condescending said mrs glass her zeal for inquiry slaked for the present by the dexterous administration of this sugar-plum his grace is sensible that i am in a manner accountable for the conduct of my young kinswoman and no doubt his grace is the best judge 
how far he should entrust her or me with the management of her affairs his grace is quite sensible of that answered archibald with national gravity and will certainly trust what he has to say to the most discreet of the two and therefore mrs glass his grace relies you will speak nothing to mrs jean deans either of her own affairs or her sister's until he sees you himself he desired me to assure you in the meanwhile that all was going on as well as your kindness could wish mrs glass his grace is very kind very considerate certainly mr archibald his grace's commands shall be obeyed and but you have had a far drive mr archibald as i guess by the time of your absence and i guess with an engaging smile you winna be the worse of a glass of the right rosa solace i thank you mrs glass said the great man's great man but i am under the necessity of returning to my lord directly and making his adieus civilly to both cousins he left the shop of the lady of the thistle i am glad your affairs have prospered so well jeanie my love said mrs glass though indeed there was little fear of them so soon as the duke of argyle was so condescending as to take them into hand i will ask you no questions about them because his grace who is most considerate and prudent in such matters intends to tell me all that you can yourself dear and doubtless a great deal more so that anything that may lie heavily on your mind may be imparted to me in the meantime as you see it is his grace's pleasure that i should be made acquainted with the whole matter forthwith and whether you or he tells it will make no difference in the world ye can if i can what he is going to say beforehand i will be much more ready to give my advice and whether you or he tell me about it cannot much signify after all my dear so you may just say whatever you like only mind i ask you no questions about it jeanie was a little embarrassed she thought that the communication she had to make was perhaps the only means she might have in her power to gratify her friendly and hospitable kinswoman but her prudence instantly suggested that her secret interview with queen caroline which seemed to pass under a certain sort of mystery was not a proper subject for the gossip of a woman like mrs glass of whose heart she had a much better opinion than of her prudence she therefore answered in general that the duke had had the extraordinary kindness to make very particular inquiries into her sister's bad affair and that he thought he had found the means of putting it all straight again but that he proposed to tell all that he thought about the matter to mrs glass herself this did not quite satisfy the penetrating mistress of the thistle searching as her own small rapee she in spite of her promise urged jeanie with still farther questions had she been all that time at argyle house was the duke with her the whole time had she seen the duchess and had she seen the young ladies and especially lady caroline campbell 
to these questions jeanie gave the general reply that she knew so little of the town that she could not tell exactly where she had been that she had not seen the duchess to her knowledge that she had seen two ladies one of them she understood bore the name of caroline and more she said she could not tell about the matter it would be the duke's eldest daughter lady caroline campbell there is no doubt of that said mrs glass but doubtless i shall know more particularly through his grace and so as the cloth is laid in the little parlour above stairs and it is past three o'clock for i have been waiting this hour for you and i have had a snack myself and as they used to say in scotland in my time i do not ken if the word be used now there is ill talking between a full body and a fasting End of chapter fourteenth